This is the Tanakh Podcast with Alex Israel. Today, Chapter 14, Yoshua, Perak Yud Dalad. Here we are in the second half of the book of Joshua. The first half was dedicated to the entrance to the land, to the wars, and we have eliminated the global military threat. However, the land is far from settled. We still need to colonize the land, and this is going to happen tribe by tribe. How the tribes are allotted the land is a fascinating question, which we'll deal with tomorrow. But for now, let's talk about a particular individual the man who seems to be the leader of the tribe of Yehuda, Kalev ben Yifuneh HaKnizi. We remember Kalev, Kalev and Joshua. The two of them were the good spies. Out of the 12 spies, these two came back with a good report. And here we're going to hear about Kalev ben Yifuneh, who says, I'm still as strong as I was. On the day that Moshe sent me into the land as a spy, I've got the same strength for war, to lead and to return. Which sounds like a really interesting contrast to the previous Perak where we read, Yoshua is old. And let's try and spend today to talk a little bit about a contrast between Kalev and Yoshua. But in order to frame this, I'd like to say the following. It seems like there wasn't um, a formal allotment of the land where everybody lined up and everybody was given their tribal territories. If we take this chapter as an example, it's almost as if the tribes need to come forward and stake their claim. They needed to express how enthusiastic and eager they were in order to take their allotted territory. And here, this is why we meet Kalev full of enthusiasm and passion. And this is going to be reflected in the fact that in chapter 15, where we're going to see the borders of the tribal territory of Yehuda, we're going to see a chapter of 63 verses. The next eager tribes, um, Ephraim and Manasseh, Ephraim gets 10 verses, Manasseh also like 13 verses. And the lazy tribes, the tribes who aren't enthusiastic, are only going to get really meager depictions. It almost seems like with the enthusiasm that you decide to go and settle, that is the extent of your territory. Almost as if to say that if you really care about the land, you argue about every point on the map, every border marker, every single, if you really care about the land. There seems to be an innate connection between motivation and land here. Maybe that's true then, maybe it's true today. That's reality. Let's talk a little bit more about Kalev and Yehoshua. Kalev steps forward to his counterpart, his colleague, Yoshua, and he says to him, you remember what God said about me and you, about me, sorry, when in Kadesh Barnea, I was 40 years when God sent me for the, with the spies, and I returned a report, like was in my heart, and my brothers melted the hearts of the people, and Moses swore to me that day, that the land on which my feet trod on that day, because I was so loyal to God, I would have that land. And he says, 
as I said before today, I'm 85 years old. I'm just as strong as I was. Give me that place that um, that I was promised. Because we've all heard that there are giants there and Arim Gedolot B'Turot and fortified cities. And what does Joshua give him? He gives him Hebron. This is a fascinating story. You know, Kalev is telling Yoshua the story as if Yoshua wasn't even there. The two were allies. What's going on? And it seems like if you turn back to Bamidbar, chapter 13 and the story of the spies, there is something remarkable. Maybe there's a little bit of resentment here. Because when the spies came back and the they offered an evil report, the only person who gets up to counter there is Vayahas Kalev Ta'am. Kalev stands up alone. And he says, we can do it. We can ascend. And the spies all said, no, we can't. And only later, when Moshe falls on his face, does Yehoshua join Kalev. Let's try and explain maybe the difference between Yehoshua and Kalev. Yehoshua, as we described in our opening class, has always been Moshe's assistant, Moshe's sidekick. In fact, when he goes out to the spy episode, it says, Moshe changed his name from Hoshea to Yehoshua. Rashi tells us, Let God help you from the bad intents of the spies. Yehoshua draws his strength from Moses. Yehoshua is an institutional man. Yoshua is appointed leader after he's already been taking the minutes in the cabinet room for the last 40 years. But how about Kalev? If you look again at that spy episode, there's a fascinating midrash based on the following verse. Vaya aluba negev, they, plural, all the spies went up through the negev, vaya ad Hebron. And he went into Hebron. Who? Well, if you look at our chapter, we know exactly who. The one who went alone into Hebron. And let's remember, Hebron was the city with the giants. Hebron was the place where they were so intimidated by these people who were unshamidot, men of large proportions, who was unintimidated to actually enter the city. It was Kalev himself. And when Chazal talk about this in Masechet Sota, and Rashi quotes it, he says, what was he doing in Hebron? Why was he so keen to go there? He wanted to pray at the graves of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, this week's Parshat Shavua. He wanted to pray at the Kevra Machpelah in order to uh, gain strength from there. What are we saying about Kalev? Kalev stands alone. Kalev, while all of the spies were cowering uh, outside the walls of, of Hebron, Kalev wasn't afraid to walk through those gates all alone and to deal with the consequences. Kalev has his own spiritual reservoirs, which he gets from Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. It was Joshua who needed the institutional framework of Moshe in order to de de develop his strength. And therefore, Yoshua is a king. The nation is already tired of war, but Kalev is raring to go. Here we see Kalev's courage, his charisma, and it is this courage which is going to be infectious. We're going to see it already in the next chapter. In chapter 15, at the end of the chapter, Kalev says, He's the head of the tribe of Judah. Whoever manages to capture this place called Kiryat Sefer, 
I will give my daughter's hand in marriage. And indeed, somebody called Otniel ben Kanaz, Achi Kalev, somebody from the clan of the Knizi, his name is Otniel, managed to lead the attack on this town, Kiryat Sefer, and indeed he married um, Kalev's uh, daughter. So what we see is Kalev is, is oozing with enthusiasm, and is this enthusiasm where he turns, he, maybe he's even got a certain resentment to Yehoshua. Yehoshua, why 40 years ago did you remain quiet? We need people who are willing to raise their voices. Kalev is, is, is an independent voice, and here again, he is the first person to step forward and say, it is time to stake our claim in the land. It's our time to move from being in our transit camp in Gilgal and to go settle our tribal territories. I'm going to take my enthusiasm, lead the tribe of Yehuda to their stage of colonization, to their stage of settlement. And I demand, I stake my claim, which God promised, the land which I tread on, I trod on, me and not the other 11 tribe, 11 spies, including you, Joshua. Not any of the 11 dared to go into Hebron. I did, and I earned my right to have that land. And indeed, Hebron becomes the capital city of the tribal territory of Yehuda. So that's a little bit of the background to today's chapter. See you tomorrow. Lehitraot.